is our first C-section episode for the Elephant in the Womb podcast. Today I have on with me a guest who had a C-section and an induction, and she'll be talking about her experience. I'll let you know that the information in my blog and in this podcast are for informational purposes only. This information is not a substitute for medical advice or medical treatment. As always, your primary care provider, a doctor, or another health professional is your best resource for specific questions and medical advice. If you believe you or a loved one are experiencing a medical emergency, please contact 911. Okay, so today I have on with me Morgan. If you just want to introduce yourself briefly. Hello, I am Morgan. I had my son Liam at 40 weeks and six days through C-section. Okay, so 40 weeks weeks and six days. Uh, how did the six days feel? Um, Long. <laughs> I think up until that point, I was okay. Everyone kept asking me how I was feeling. I was still working on my due date. And I really, I felt okay still at 40 weeks. And then every day after that, I'm like, okay, we've, we've got to get this guy out. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally relate to that. I only went five days over, but it felt like five years uh, compared to the rest of the pregnancy. Yes, it's crazy how long days can drag out at the end. <laughs> uh, so we'll start off by talking about your caregiver experience. So if you just want to talk uh, briefly about your experience with your primary caregiver or caregivers overall. The office that I chose to go to had a team of midwives. That's why I chose that office just rather than going to an OB. I liked the idea of having a midwife. Um, it was a little different in my opinion because they actually had me meet with a different midwife for each appointment. Mm -hmm. So I met the full team, which I think was about 10 people so that whenever I did go into labor, I would at least have a familiar face and someone that I had met at some point. 10 people, that's a big midwife team. It was, and I liked them all. Um, I had a good interaction, you know, with each of them when I was there. Sometimes it was a matter of, you know, five minutes for the appointments. I mean, when there wasn't really much to check or discuss. And so I do sometimes wish I would have had maybe one or two, so it was a bit more personal. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just felt like I was in and out and didn't get a strong connection with one in particular. So that was something that was just a little different to me. Yeah, I had midwives as well, uh, but the team, like there, there was a whole office of them, so there was like over 10 in the whole office, but my team had three, and I felt that that was like a good number because I saw them all like multiple times. And obviously, even with three though, you still have one that like you get like the best relationship with, I find. I think so too. And there was one and she was just like so bone dry, which is fine, but I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be in a very vulnerable position when I'm in labor. So do I really want someone that's that cut and dry? I'm not sure about that, but it all worked out in the end. Yeah. And I guess like for her, there probably are some people who do want that. Like there's people who want like no emotional attachment from their providers, which sounds strange, but so she's probably someone's cup of tea, basically. Right. Everyone has their preference. Exactly. And what was one thing that you loved about your midwives? Like, it was your favorite thing, a reason you might recommend seeing midwives to someone else? I feel like it was almost more of like a friendship relationship versus like a doctor and patient. Um, I really, I've just never been too keen on doctors. I mean, I get anxious when I go to doctor's offices. I always feel like if I'm there, it's obviously because something's wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. being pregnant, it's different, but I felt like it was 
more comfortable. Um, I just felt like it was a casual relationship and there wasn't too much pressure around it. Yeah, that's, I, I agree with that. That's part of the reason that I went with midwives too for birth and labor because it's not an illness. That's something people forget that pregnancy is not like a condition. Right. Um, so it's nice to have more of a casual relationship, especially when they're going to be delivering your baby. Yes, it was very casual and that put me at ease a lot. And that's always helpful. And was there anything about your care overall that you'd say like maybe needed improvement other than the size of the team being maybe like a little bit too big? Not really. I think overall I had a really good experience with the team that was there. Um, So I don't really have, there wasn't anything that I think I would change about it. That's amazing. That's the first person I think I've had on that actually said that. Really? Well, yeah, I feel very fortunate. I mean, I know it's not always the best situation for every woman. So I feel like I really did luck out that it went so smooth for us. And and it's good to hear about those experiences too. Because like, I mean, I haven't had anyone yet that has had a very terrible experience. I do have some upcoming that have mixed stories. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's nice to hear like a positive, fully positive (laughs) story, like where everything was kind of good. (laughs) It was. Moms need to hear that. Like They do. Yeah. It doesn't have to be scary and intimidating. I mean, it is either way, but to be comfortable with your providers, it makes a really big difference. It does. And uh, this is a new question I've been at, or I'm going to be asking. I guess you're the first person I'm going to ask it to. Um, did you attend any prenatal classes? And if you did, well, did you <laughs> before I asked? So I did before. not. You didn't. I did not. Did you find that, like, did you have any desire to attend one? I really never had a desire. Um, About five years ago, I had a friend whose significant other was working and she needed someone to attend the birth class with her. So I went and I, I learned a few things, but looking back, I didn't think it was something that was necessary for me. I think a lot of it also has to do with so much information being at my fingertips through the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read so many different blogs about people's birth experience. I watched a ton of YouTube videos on labor and delivery. Um, I followed a lot of midwives and informational pages on Instagram. So I feel like I was pretty knowledgeable, or I had a lot of knowledge just through looking through the sources that I had available to me without actually going to a class. Yeah, and it's amazing what's available online. Like, I've just got into, like, looking into what's available on Instagram, and it's actually amazing how much information can be disseminated through that medium. I don't know what, before, I guess I thought Instagram was just photos. (laughs) Right. Now it's like, oh, there's so many healthcare professionals, like, all types, using it to spread, like, information, which is great. It's needed. I mean, I feel like the internet is just the way of life these days. So to have it right there while you're scrolling your feed or looking at recipes or looking at someone's family pictures they posted to have that information there. I mean, I've even seen people doing TikTok dances with information on birth and labor. And it's just so helpful. It's learning in a way that's more enjoyable than sitting in a classroom. Yes. You know, so I really, I like that all that information's out there for us. Yeah, it's great. In terms of like your plan or like wish list for labor, because we know that plans don't always go as planned. Um, did you have one? Like, did you have like any goals that you really wanted to happen during your birth? I went in pretty open-minded. Um, my husband and I are both very go with the flow type of people. So I didn't really have a plan. Um, I knew going in that I would like to have an unmade, unmedicated vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't so set on it. Um, 
Sean Johnson, the gymnast, she yes. actually delivered um, not too long before I did. And after watching her vlog on YouTube, like, you know, seeing how much things can change and when it gets down to it, it's just about having the baby safely. I really tried getting in that mindset that whatever happens once we get there, having Liam born safely and me being safe is what matters, however it happens. So the nurse asked um, when she checked me and she's like, okay, do you have the printout of your birth plan? I was like, we're just kind of going with the flow. She was like, okay, great. I love that. Yeah, she's probably like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that worked out for us because a lot of things were unexpected, but we were just kind of rolling with the punches. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, honestly, like, that's kind of the mindset that everyone needs to have. I know it's hard for some people, especially people who are used to making plans for things. Yes. Uh, but it, you really have to get in that mindset so that if anything changes, you're better prepared for it and it doesn't stress you out or upset you or... Anything. That's it. You don't need the added stress of when things don't go according to plan. Exactly. You already have enough stress going on when you have a new kid, so. <laughs> right. And so in regards to your labor, uh, did you, like, how did your labor start? Did you go into labor naturally? Did you get induced? I did. I went into na to labor naturally. Um, it was Sunday and I'd been having contractions all day. So I texted my boss. I'm like, hey, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. I'm hoping I'll be having the baby. <laughs> and then I woke up Monday to nothing. No contractions all day. I'm like, what, what happened? Like, I thought we were going to do this. <laughs> and it just kind of came to a standstill. So I rested all day Monday. And then Monday night, they picked back up again, much stronger. So I called labor and delivery. And I was like, okay, it's like 11 o'clock at night. My contractions are pretty strong. They're like, well, we don't want to send you home. So you need to wait until you can't walk or talk through them to come in. I was like, okay, like, if you say so. We lived about 45 minutes from the hospital and it was like freezing rain that night. So I didn't want to wait too late. Yeah. So I let like a couple more hours go. And at like 3 a.m. I woke my husband up. I'm like, okay, I think we need to go to the hospital. Like, I think it's time now. So we went and they had checked me and she's like, you're almost two centimeters, which is what I was on Friday when I got checked at my appointment. Yeah. And I just started sobbing. I'm like, that's it? I've been having these contractions and I haven't progressed any more than two centimeters like I felt really defeated in that moment honestly it's a defeating feeling even though you can't do anything about it it, it is well I just looked at them like are you gonna send me home because on the phone she said yeah like if you get here and you're three we'll probably keep you yeah. and so there was some discussion there and my blood pressure was actually high and that's the only reason they kept me so I ended up getting admitted and that was about 4 a.m. And then at 7, my water broke. Okay, so your water broke on its own then. Yep. I just sat up and felt a pop. And I was like, oh my gosh, my water broke. And the <laughs> nurse is like, well, you might have just peed when you sat up. I'm like, oh girl, my water broke. <laughs> you can tell the difference. I know, like, <laughs> when it really breaks, if you think that's pee, like, I don't know how people mistake it because, like, I don't either. It's it was so lot. different. It's not It's not just like a little bit. Like mine broke prematurely, like not prematurely, but it 
like broke and then I didn't go into labor, but it only ruptured like slightly. So I was just back oh. for, like a week. Mm-hmm. So then it was like I even felt like did I just pee? Like am I like I hadn't had any troubles with that in pregnancy, but I was like, is that what it is? Like I, I don't. You're know. questioning yourself at that point. <laughs> yeah, because it was hard to tell at that point. But when it actually broke later in labor, like fully. There's no way I would have been like, I just peed everywhere. Like, there's that much water in my body. (laughs) I went and sat on the toilet, and I, like, peeked my head out the door. And I'm like, do you hear that? It sounds like I'm peeing, but I am not peeing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just coming out, yeah. It's it's quite the experience. (laughs) It was, yeah. So then I was thinking, like, oh, it's go time. Like, my water broke, so that must mean, like, our son is coming. So I got my phone out, which I hadn't been on at all. Mm-hmm. And I texted, you know, a couple people close to us. And I was like, okay, my water broke. Like, it's baby time. And I was, I was wrong. <laughs> so you get to two centimeters, or sorry. So when your water broke, were you still at two centimeters? I was, yeah. And that's when they started Pitocin is when my water broke. Okay. And how uh, was your experience with Pitocin? It was intense. Um, you know, I had been having contractions like the day prior, as I mentioned, and it was tolerable. I was having back labor and Liam was sunny side up and it was tolerable. Um, I thought that I would, I I was like, okay, I could do this with no epidural. Like, and then the Pitocin kicked in and they definitely were amplified. Um, it was almost like a burning sensation with my contractions too, is kind of how I would explain it. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely was pretty intense. Uh, that was around 8 a.m. when they started me on Pitocin, and I wasn't able to rest at all. Yeah. So at like 9 o'clock, my nurse was like, okay, you've been up this whole time. Like, if it comes to the point where you need to push, you're not going to be able to do it because you're not going to have the energy. Like, would you like the epidural? It will help you get some rest. And I was like, you know what? Rest sounds pretty good. I didn't think I wanted an epidural, but a nap sounds nice. So let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> That's exactly why I, why I got mine too. I got to a point with the Pitocin where I was like, I haven't got to like take a break because mine were just like continuous, continuous. Yes. And, uh, my I asked my midwife, I was like, can you just go over like the risks and benefits of it again? And she told me really quickly and I was like, yep, get the anesthetist in here. Like I want it right now because I need to take a nap. Like I was so tired. It's so hard when you're laboring like for so long and you just, you really just don't get a chance to rest, so. No, it just didn't stop. It was just back to back to back. I mean, even once he was there and ready to place it, I was like, okay, like, I'm still having contractions, so we really have to wait until I can get a break in here before you stick that needle in my spine. So since we're talking about epidurals, I'll just kind of go into that a little bit. So overall, would you say getting an epidural was a good experience? I think it was just fine for me. Um, I was so exhausted at that point that I didn't even really have a second to think about it or be anxious over it. I was just like, if this is going to give me relief, then let's do it. I thought that I would be anxious and nervous, but I really didn't have any of those feelings. I was pretty comfortable, um, you know, in the time that I was waiting for it to be put in. How was the insertion? That was, it wasn't painful. It was a strange sensation. Like, it was like a tingling sensation. It wasn't really pain. I thought that it would hurt. I mean, I've got tattoos and piercings and needles aren't a thing for me. Um, 
so I wasn't too afraid of it hurting, but it was almost like a pop and fizzle. Like, it reminded me of, like, a firework going off in my back or something. It was kind of weird. And did you have any, like, side effects from it or anything, either during labor or afterwards? Like, any headaches, anything like that? I didn't. Um, everyone says that the epidural gives you horrible back pain down the road, which I do. I have bad back pain. When I wake up in the morning, my back is so sore. It's really tight. I see a chiropractor once a month Mm -hmm. and that does help. And that could just be pregnancy alone, you know, changing your body. I'm not really sure if it's directly from the epidural, but it could be. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. Like I know after like the first couple weeks postpartum, I felt like I could feel where it was put in. Like that was where I had some discomfort. It was never pain, but I definitely have back pain like occasionally now, but it's also like you carry your baby around <laughs> there's so many factors that contribute right could contribute to it um, yeah I mean I co-sleep well I bed share so it's like yeah. is it because I sleep on my side in like this perfect c-shape around yeah. my baby and don't <laughs> budge all night long <laughs> like <laughs> I know like there's so many things that can impact it and actually I just I'm a blog post that I wrote uh like this week coming out tomorrow um because I'm talking with a, pel- uh, a pelvic physiotherapist uh in the next couple of weeks on Instagram. So I kind of attended one of her webinars and she was talking about back pain actually being related to your pelvic floor too. So that could also be contributing because everything Definitely. Mm-hmm. So your back is also impacted by that. So there's so many things. So it, yeah, it, it could be because of the epidural, but it also could be just misunderstood. Definitely. Yeah. So I try not to tell myself it's from the epidural because I don't want to tell that to other people and be wrong. So I'm like, you know what? It's just the way my back is now. Let's go with that. (laughs) And then in regards to pain management before you got the epidural, did you do anything like any positions, any natural coping methods or anything that you found was helpful to like get through the contractions? Um, Once we got checked into our room, I was able to get in the bathtub which was great for me. I'm so grateful I had a tub in my room. Um, You know, I was so anxious and excited from going through triage and getting checked into a room that getting in the bath was really able, I was able to center myself and get my mind right on, you know, what we were there to do. And I was able to relax so much in a warm tub. So that really helped. Um, I also had a birthing ball available and I was rolling around on that. I was doing a lot of moaning and groaning through each contraction and I had my husband apply a lot of pressure to my lower back because that's where the majority of my pain was was in my lower back yeah that's yeah we did the counter pressure as well in the same area and it was very helpful uh hard work though for your husband (laughs) yes I'm like that's not hard enough I really I need you to do it like you mean it exactly my husband's like my wrists were hurting for like days after (laughs) oh your poor wrist I know I know Yeah. Yeah. And I had a peanut ball too. Um, We were trying to get Liam to flip. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing a couple things in a couple different positions to get him to turn at the same time while laboring. Um, But that didn't even end up working. It didn't. So he was delivered sunny side. Well, I guess he wasn't because you had a C section. Right. He would have been sunny side up still. Was that a decision that you had to make or how did that, how did you get to that point? It was a pretty casual decision. I mean, my water had been broken for like 28 hours 
And I was always under the impression, like, once your water breaks, you have to deliver within 24. Like, that was just in my head. So when it had been 28 hours, I'm like, we have to get this kid out. Like, at that point, I was like, can you just, like, cut me open and take him out? I think that's what I said. Like, And my midwife was like, well, let me go talk to a doctor. Um, because I wasn't progressing, I guess, backtracking a little bit. Yeah. Um, throughout my labor, they checked me a few times, and I just was barely progressing. And at like 8 a.m. on Wednesday, she's like, your cervix is actually swelling at this point from baby's head bumping up against it. So she gave me a Benadryl, which I didn't even think of at the time. Looking back now, that seems kind of silly. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) So they gave me a Benadryl to see if that would help with the swelling of my cervix. And it didn't. I she checked me and she's like, we could call it an eight. I'm like, so I'm not at an eight. Like, that's what you're saying. And that at that point, she was like, okay, let me go talk to the doctor and see what our options are. And she came back and she was like, okay, I think we're going to take you for a C-section. And then within 20 minutes, I was in the operating room. Wow, that's really quick. No waiting. It was so quick. Like, they handed my husband some scrubs. And I think there was one point where I, like, started crying. And I'm like, I'm going to have to have surgery. But I didn't have time to even really be upset about it because they were, like, wheeling me away. (laughs) That's kind of good, though. Like, you don't have time to panic and start having second thoughts or anything. Yeah, I was like, okay, like, I guess this is what we're doing. And then it hit me, like, okay, my son's about to be born, you know, because the labor process is so long, and there's no set number on when things are going to happen. I mean, I'm assuming when you deliver vaginally and they're like, okay, it's time to start pushing, that's when it hits you that your baby's about to be born. But I just didn't have any clue. So once they said, like, okay, we're taking you to the OR, I'm like, okay, my son's going to be here, like, soon like this is what we've been waiting for so I tried to focus on that yeah and yeah and with vaginal delivery it's yeah you're gonna push but then you don't know how long sometimes you're gonna be right for so it's like it could be really quick at first time moms it's usually like a little bit longer and then some people even second time third time it's long for some reason just like ineffective pushing there's so many other factors as well and then you're like, oh, my child's going to be born soon. And then it's like three hours later and right. those people need a C-section then. So they have to wait again. So yes, it's, it's very unknown. My my sister, she's due October 1st. And she's asking me all these questions that are related to time and how long this takes and how long you go oh, through no. that. I'm like, there's no way to tell you. Like, yeah, there's no way to know. One thing we can't uh, pass on is like the timing for anything because every birth every woman is different and every birth is different even within one person so right uh back to the benadryl uh the only thing i I was just thinking about it while you were talking is that it would maybe reduce some of the swelling that would be my thought process now it's definitely something i'll write down to ask when i have my other i'm having uh, like a midwife on in the next couple of weeks so I'll definitely ask her, and then I'll also ask the OBGYN I have on just to hear kind of what their thought process behind that is, because I've actually, like, I never had to do that, so I don't have any experience to know, but it might Yeah, I didn't even question it at the yeah. time. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it wouldn't be harmful, I don't think, so, like, it must be swelling, but I'm interested to know anyway. time so from the time that you started having contractions to the time that your baby was born it was about 37 hours okay so um quite long 
It was, yeah, and that's not including, like, the first day I had contractions. I just yeah. think that was what they would consider false labor. Yeah. Um, but once I started timing my contractions and that I knew they were real, um, it was about 37 hours. How long did the C-section take? You know, I don't know you exactly really how long know. it yeah. took. <laughs> um, really I It didn't seem like it took long once they got things started. Um, yeah. They took me in and they got me prepared while my husband sat in the hallway. And he said that felt like an eternity, that he was in the hallway waiting. <laughs> he said that, um, that that wait was really intense for him. But once they brought him in and started the procedure, I feel like Liam was out in like 10 minutes. It seemed so fast. Mm -hmm. And it was just the strangest feeling. Well, not really a feeling because I couldn't feel much. But I've seen some moms who have had like the clear curtain. Yes. And I did not, so I couldn't see anything. Okay. And my body was just, I could feel my body moving back and forth on the table, like getting jerked around, which was really weird because I yeah. couldn't feel what was going on. I didn't even really feel too much pressure or anything. Mm -hmm. And then they just said, he's out. And because my placenta was attached still, they couldn't hold him up high enough over the curtain for me to even see him initially. Yeah. And so, like, my husband stood up and he was like, oh, my gosh, he's got a big old melon. And I'm like, that's it? That's all you have to say? Like, <laughs> Nothing like, he's beautiful, he's perfect. Like, no, you know? he just said, he's got a big old melon. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. But yeah, it was pretty quick, um, the time it took for them to get him out. And would you say that your overall, your experience having a C-section was pretty positive? I think overall it was. Um, once they had him out, they took him over to a table, obviously, to get him cleaned up and weighed. And at the time, I didn't realize what I was missing, but looking back, it I do realize that I didn't get the skin-to-skin -skin that I had wanted. You know, I didn't get that time to bond with him right away. Um, them closing me up took a lot longer than them getting him out. It yeah. took about 40 minutes. Um, there were students in the room, so I don't know if they were just going slow, step-by-step step yeah. for the sake of the students. Um, but it felt like forever. I started to actually fall asleep. And I asked the anesthesiologist standing next to me, I'm like, am I passing out? Like, and he's like, no, I think you're just falling asleep. I was like, okay. So once I got to the recovery room, I was able to nurse and do skin to skin, which he had been doing with his dad the whole time. Okay. Um, but that was the hardest part for me, but I didn't even realize it in the moment. I mean, my adrenaline was rushing, yeah. my serotonin was boosting, you know. So at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Um, looking back, I do miss that aspect but I still think overall it was a good experience yeah and that's really good that your husband got to do it because there's lots of benefits to even him doing skin to skin and everything as well yeah I think it was great I, I think that was great that they were able to do that in the recovery room themselves um because I'm like my baby was just born like he needs somebody you know <laughs> yeah and it's a nice bonding experience for your husband too because they don't always get that like instant bond with babies. Right. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, so that probably like jump started his relationship with your. I son. think it did. Yeah, I think it was a really good moment for them, just the two of them, um, to have that time together. And then you did get to do it afterwards, so at least you did get to do it. That's. I did. Yeah. As soon as they wheeled me into the recovery room, um, they pulled my gown down, they unwrapped Liam, they put him on me. He latched right away. So. Everything went completely smoothly once I was in the recovery room. It's like we didn't even miss a beat, which was great. Yeah, that's perfect. And did you have any pain? Like, you didn't feel anything during, but, like, in, in the first little bit afterwards, did any pain happen, or were you pretty, like, pretty comfortable? 
I was pretty comfortable. Um, I think that the worst part for me was the fundal massage, which, oh my gosh, that was so painful for me. Like I actually cried through it a few times because that was really painful. I'm like, you just cut through all of that and now you're just pressing on it. Like it would be even, yeah, even worse with us, like sutures and everything there as well. Yeah. I'm like, I, I get the point of it, but it just, that was the most uncomfortable and painful part for me as far as the procedure itself causing pain. Um, I did have some pain medication within the first 24 hours, but after that, I mean, they sent me home with Tylenol and I didn't, I didn't need anything afterwards. I think that I healed pretty well and pretty comfortably. That's really lucky. Yeah, I was up walking. I think it was seven hours after. And my nurse was like, do you feel comfortable to be walking? I was like, I cannot lay in that bed another second. Like, yeah. I haven't been able to move from this bed since I got my epidural, which felt like days ago. <laughs> and getting up actually helped a lot. Um, one thing that caught me off guard was the swelling. I did not expect that. I mean, I had so many fluids prior to delivery. I had been hooked up to an IV the whole time I was in labor, and my legs were unrecognizable. I mean, I was retaining so much water that I kept asking my nurse, like, is this normal? Is this okay? Which it actually made it difficult to walk because my legs were so heavy. I had never experienced that before. It was very uncomfortable. That, I think, the swelling was harder on me than my actual incision pain. Even when we went to get in the car to leave, I had to use my hands to pick my legs up and put them in the car because I couldn't lift them. And I remember crying on the way home, like, how long is this going to last? And it was a few days before that swelling went down. Yeah, I, I also had swelling postpartum. It was not that bad, though. Like, I didn't get it until probably, like, one or two days postpartum. But then it was it was quite swollen. I was surprised. Um, yeah, no one had told me about that. Yeah, and I didn't have any swelling during pregnancy. So I was like, oh, like, this is different. But it's just all the fluid leaving your body, like, all that extra fluid that's left in you. Yeah, that was really weird. I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that it hurt more than your incision. Yeah, it's that's where my focus was. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Do you guys have any complications after for you or baby or everything went relatively smoothly? Everything went relatively smoothly. Um, Liam did swallow some fluid. So we did deal with that um, 24, 48 hours after he was born. He would gag on the fluid because he was trying to work it up. So that was tough for me because I didn't expect that. And to see this tiny newborn baby gagging was, it was almost kind of scary, you know? Like, I didn't expect it. But luckily, it didn't cause too many problems with nursing or latching or anything like that. Um, and so I would say, you know, that's relatively normal. Mm -hmm. Um we didn't really have any complications other than that, though. Luckily, we both were just fine. Yeah, that's good. And I don't usually talk too much about postpartum in these, but because it's C-section, it's kind of nice for moms who may be having a C-section or end up having one to know, like, how long did you find it took you to recover? And, like, in terms of your incision, um, did it, like, how long did it take to kind of heal up? I think... Recovery took me about two weeks to feel like myself again. The first week was rough at home to go from a lying position to sitting up in bed. That was really tough for me because I had zero core strength. I mean, none. 
So that position was hard. Uh, my advice on that is just to stay propped up with pillows. I mean, obviously you're exhausted and you want to lay down, but it helped a lot having pillows behind me to use my core less. But about two weeks later, I felt pretty much like myself again. I was able to do light chores, things around the house. I never had an issue picking Liam up or holding him. Um, obviously, I didn't carry his infant carrier or anything because that was pretty heavy with him in it. Um, the incision itself, my stitches were on the inside and then there was glue on the outside and I never had any issues with it. I would say by my six week checkup, it was pretty much all healed. Um, there was a lot of numbness there though that I didn't expect. That's also one thing no one talked about is like the nerve damage from a C-section. Yeah. I had no feeling below my belly button to my pubic bone where my incision was for probably six weeks. And then it slowly started coming back. I mean, I could touch my glue and my where my sutures were, and there was really no sensation there. Even, like, the body hair that I had on my stomach, like, I could pull a hair and I'd be watching myself pull it, and I could not feel it. Which is such a weird sensation to have. Like, it's such a weird mind-body disruption. Yeah, I'm like, how can I not feel that? And I didn't expect it, you know? They didn't even tell me that in, like, the recovery room or in the hospital, really. Like, my focus wasn't on myself too much as I was in the hospital. Once I got home, I started to notice these things. And that was a weird thing is not really having much sensation. Even now it's been 10 months and there's still a small spot. I mean, maybe the size of like a quarter where I have numbness. Yeah, so the talk that I'm doing with this pelvic physiotherapist, she's actually gonna talk a little bit about that as well because I didn't know this, but pelvic physiotherapists can actually help treat c-section scars as well and there are techniques to actually relieve like numbness around the site i actually looked that up on instagram (laughs) back to how social media is so helpful um i found a page where they would talk about c-section awareness and i was reading through it and i found this blog of a woman who was talking about massaging your scar and different techniques that's what she was talking about as well it's so cool honestly i never really did too much with it but i i thought that that was neat that a massage could help bring some of that back yeah i think the marla was saying that like if it doesn't bother you then it's not a problem obviously it's Mm -hmm. just a small spot but some people have like a pretty bad numbness i think in the area that would be weird it would be yeah it would be really beneficial interrupting this episode to tell you a little bit about a talk I'm doing on Instagram on Wednesday, September 30th at 8 p.m. EST. I'll be talking with Marla Maislin, pelvic physiotherapist, about all things pelvic health. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, or you're just a woman, this talk is for you. Tune in to my IGTV Wednesday, September 30th at 8 p.m. EST to hear all about pelvic health and have an opportunity to ask Marla your question. My Instagram username is at Kate on the blog. In terms of final thoughts, do you think that you'll need a C-section in the future? Um, will you try for like a vaginal birth after C-section? I don't think that I would try for a vaginal birth after C-section. I completely understand why women would have the desire to do that. You know, as I mentioned, like 
vaginal delivery was my original plan, of course, and that immediate skin to skin and the rush of, you know, having your baby on your chest within seconds. I mean, things like that. Of course, I would like those moments, but my C-section went so well overall. I know everyone's different, so I can't really say that the next would be anything like the first, but I think that I would be more comfortable doing a scheduled C-section for me personally. Yeah, and is that just because it's, like, a familiar thing now? Like I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, it's familiar. I I felt like the recovery process was easy for me. Yeah. Um, there's no anxiety over when will the baby come, how long will labor last. I mean, it's just more of a planned thing. And since I've been through it before, there's not so much anxiety around it. So, yeah, I think that I would just opt for another one, which everyone has a different preference. I think that it sure. seems... And not that it's easy. I don't want to say that, that, but it feels like it would be easier for me. <laughs> yeah, especially because everything went, like, so well for you as well. Like, you kind of just want to continue on the same path. Yeah, and I know, you know, some C-sections, when they're more of an emergency situation or if it's more of a traumatic birth, I could totally understand why someone would try to go a different route the second time. But with me having such a positive experience overall, I think that's why I'm like, sure, just... Sign me up, and I'll be there that day, and we'll do this all over again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. It's, it's, like I said, it's great to hear, like, positive experiences, especially with C-sections, because, like you said, not everyone has that. Um, but that's, like, vaginal births as well. Not everyone has a positive experience. If you were going to offer advice to, like, a pregnant woman or someone who is going to be going into labor soon... Uh, what would you what would you say to them? I would say just try not to overthink it. I mean, while you're pregnant, all you have time to do is think about what the situation will be like. And things can just change so much. So if you could just talk yourself into a mindset of going in with open-mindedness around the situation, I think that would be best. Then nothing really comes as a shock to you. If you can just try to go with the flow and reduce your stress as much as possible, I think that helps. I mean, I know some people are planners and so that's going to be hard for someone to do who wants to have everything, you know, boom, boom, boom. But I just say, try to be open-minded on the situation. At the end of the day, baby arriving safe, mom being safe. That's the most important thing. Um, We all have an idea of how we'd like things to go, but at the end of the day, baby being here is what we're trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. And we have no control over it when it comes to many aspects of it anyway are out of our control. Once you hold that baby, it's like everything you just went through is just a blur (laughs) or in the back of your mind. I mean, you're so focused on your baby that it's like if you spend your time stressing, it could be for no reason. Because once you have your baby, you're going to look back like I would do it all over again. So just try to focus on the goal. (laughs) As always, thanks for listening to the Elephant in the Womb podcast. Like, subscribe, do whatever you have to do to show us some love. You can also visit the blog at www.elephantinthewomb.ca and subscribe to the email list for updates on the blog and the podcast.